Was that a forlorn hello and hi? Forlorn? Um, <laughs> I don't know if I'd call it that so much as just dismay. Dismay? But mm-hmm. but we're, we're here with a mission to do. What would you have to be dismayed about? How shitty this film was? <laughs> well, I'm very excited to hear your thoughts on it then. But first... <laughs> I must say what this is, because this is episode 88 you're listening to. Double Um, infinity. Double infinity, 88, the big double eight of Dismembering Horror. It's the podcast shoe where myself, Ryan McDuffie, and... Myself, Tim Aslan. A dismayed Tim Aslan, that's right. (laughs) We are here to talk about what worked for us, what did not work for us, and anything we found interesting or noteworthy, wor- sorry, noteworthy <laughs> about a horror film, one that we've been, uh, one that someone submitted in the case of this film, which is always the most fun, or one that we've just been, oh, we've been calling top list, just trying to see everything that's out there. We feel it's a tackleable genre that behooves uh, our filmmaking to study and uh, talk about exactly what I said we're going to talk about. Yep. um wait real quick i have in my notes i've been meaning to say this at the beginning of like the last four episodes since we've been recording in quarantine but uh for all of you who don't have shutter already this is not a a sponsored promotion but it's just really fun they're doing a free 30-day trial you type in the code shut in all one word and you can get a month of Shudder, which is everyone's favorite horror movie streaming service. That's so, good. So there's our little PSA. Watch Mandy. <laughs> yeah, Mandy's on there. there. No, there's a lot of great stuff on there. Um, I rewatched Mandy the other day. It, it gets it's better than when I we know. saw it in theaters, right? Yeah. yeah. Yep. Like all I've, those qualms. I've watched it four times now. I think I really yeah. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. I do want to watch it again. Like, I I feel like I talked about this at some point when I first rewatched it. But the second half, which I like, was the part that I kind of like was finding qualms with when we first watched it. None of that was relevant yeah. anymore. No, like, it's, it's so good. It's great. Well. That is not the film we're going to talk about today. We're going to talk about it. It was fun. We got a submission from a Reddit user named Horror Sphere. Username Horror Sphere. Horror. It's hard to say. Sorry if you're listening. Horror Sphere. We hope you're listening. Um, but we thank you <laughs> for your recommendation because I think uh, it'll still be fun to talk about. Cherry Falls from 2000. Cherry. Cherry. Cherry, shaking my head. <laughs> I'm shaking. My, I don't know. I don't think I hate it as much as you, Tim. But I'm shaking my head still at the title. I think this is one of the three worst titles we've had. Oh, yeah, can you easily can you name? Can you name the three uh, most hated titles by me we've had? Oh my god! Uh, I just hate saying them. 
Um, I have no clue what that would be. Uh, so ghost cherry? ship. <laughs> yeah. No, I like go ship, go ship. I like that one. Um, no, cherry falls. Angel heart. Oh yeah, angel heart's pretty bad. And circle. Circle's just, just not a title. Well, it should be the circle or ace. Yeah, exactly. It's just like okay, circle. <laughs> I don't know. So dumb. Anyway, well, anyway, what's well, first? Well, uh, the trailer. The yeah. trailer for Cherry Falls. All right, I just sent it to you. Uh, let's watch it. Here it is from 2000. Cherry Falls. It was a dark and scary night, kind of like tonight. <laughs> 25 years ago, a horrible crime was committed in the town of Cherry Falls. Now. You haven't heard about Rod and Stacy? Did they break up? Break up! Wake up! They're dead! What their parents hid in the past. Nobody has seen or heard of her for over 25 years. Mom, do you know anything about a woman named Laura Lee Sherman? No. Why? Is haunting the present. Who is it? Is your mom home? I love that nostalgia trip of hearing that that trailer voice guy. It just puts <laughs> me right back. Oh my god. Tim, I I was sitting here just kind of like giggling bemusedly, and you were there wide-eyed, just uh, as you said, dismayed. <laughs> I, it, it, which I think is maybe uh, our, our differing reactions here. Oh my god! This film, in a nutshell, it makes this movie made me so upset. Well, then tell on me. So many per, levels. Per our rating system, would you tell yourself? <laughs> I'm just excited here. Would you tell yourself to avoid it, yes. stream it, rent it, avoid or buy it. it, just avoid it? <laughs> wow, it's dog really? shit on every fucking level in my opinion <laughs> and it's not even worth that i will like i'll concede that i n- understand the reasons like some of the reasons why it's so fucking bad like looking into it a little bit cuz i was like there has to be a reason or multiple reasons and there and there are they exist like justifications for why it's so bad exist but having said that then don't fucking release it don't even Put it out there because it's dog shit the way it is. So, uh, but, but I mean, it's irredeemable to me. <laughs> wow. Avoid it. You are saying avoid it. Yeah. I would just be so sad to think that there'd be like a Brittany Murphy, um, Michael Bean horror movie out there that just no one ever got to see. Go but watch their the other movies. Wanna... <laughs> All right. I, um, I did not hate it as vehemently. I will not tell you to avoid it. In fact, I gave it a very solid stream it, like an up there stream it. It had some, for me, some key things that I would want from just it being a slasher movie that were just not working, that was really missing, that prevented it from a rent it. But I mean... I thought like Brittany Murphy and the rest of the cast was so much fun to see. Like I'm a fan of all theirs. Tim, see the faces you're making. Um, I thought, um, I don't know. I just, I was just had fun watching it. It was like stupid, but like, I think there's a great movie in there. It's, but it's, it's, here's, it's not even good at being stupid. I thought that's that's what it was. 
Yeah. Like, it's pretty stupid at being stupid, too. Go watch Can't Hardly Wait if you want to watch, <laughs> like, a good script, well executed with with borderline caricatures of these sort of cliches, but done well in a way that is both matching in tone and humor to the wait, script. Can't Hardly Wait? Yeah. Okay, that's, Go watch, I haven't it's a, seen it's, it. It's of that era. But it's not a slasher movie, um, right? No, it's it's a teen romance comedy sort of, yeah, teen romance comedy. But it's like, that's how you execute that style. And yeah, this so it, can't even, it can't even do that. Like, it can't even, like, so get this, on board with its own cliche. So this struck you as being closer to, like, a teenage, ro- like, high school romance story like comedy I think than that's, a slasher. Well, I think that it would have served the movie and I think that there was in its core the attempt in the script was to have it basically be a teenage romance comedy that you know has a slasher running through it. Right. Well, I think the the premise there's no com- there's no comedy in this movie. <laughs> right. So I don't. I laughed a few times, Tim. Yeah, that doesn't mean that. No, that's that doesn't make it a comedy. It, it doesn't for, make it being comedic doesn't make it a comedic movie. It just didn't <laughs> seem like as bad as I remember being the other scream ripoffs being. Like I feel like I think that's you, probably true. I, I I don't think I've really watched any of the other scream ripoffs. Like as like, far I can't as even think of what they would be. If you've watched like all the screams ad nauseum, which are just, you know, still head and shoulders above this, but I don't know, at least in my memory, how like the I know what you did last summer is like all those are. I thought this was like a good, I thought this was like a good in between where Mm. it's like if you just want to watch a like late something that's still coming off that late 90s, you know, and then into early aughts, you see slasher horror movie for teens. Like I think you could do a lot, lot worse. Um, Ye- I, yeah, I had fun with it. I, I mean, I think that I could argue that you know, I, I know what you're, what you did last summer is trash too, but <laughs> it knows it's trash, right? Like it's, it's playing off of that. Yeah, this and has th- a little too. Yeah, this is like people trying, like as if they're trying. It like, doesn't think know. It's as good as like a cult classic and it's trying to be that. Right. It, I don't it, know. Exactly. It doesn't know what it is. And there's a few reasons for that that we can get into. I think it was just the pieces as far as like moments and the actors and just like the premise. It doesn't it doesn't like immediately conjure. It does. It's not like a high concept premise. No. Go, oh, yeah. That's what it's going to be about. No, not but, at all. But it's it, it's interesting to see it like play out, like I don't know, yeah, like how, like what they did with it was just kind of like okay, there's a take on it. This is fun. This sure. is interesting. Yeah. Um. All right. Well, we can get into it more next. We have our summary. So in this film that you tell people to avoid, Tim, would you <laughs> mind telling us what it's actually about? Oh God. It's about a town called Cherry Falls. Wow, was Tim's face. Jesus. Uh, and 
some teenagers who are making out get murdered violently in front of the falls. And then the town, you know, and then some other kid gets murdered and the town sort of realizes that the thing that those three kids who got murdered have in common is that they're all virgins because the killer, like, carved virgin on them. Okay, great. Yeah, not a lot of figuring out in that case. Well, I mean, they... (laughs) Yeah, they double-checked. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, and then everybody goes into a tizzy and our um, lead character's dad is the sheriff and he's on the case. And then we find out that the killer, uh, there's a, what do you call that? A a drawing of the killer. What's that called? (laughs) (laughs) Like the police sketch. Yes, a police sketch is made of the killer and the sheriff gets all wound up because he recognizes her but he doesn't want anybody to know that he recognizes the killer the killer is a quote unquote a a woman but it's whatever it's jay moore everybody it was always jay moore everybody (laughs) knew it was always jay moore it's not it wasn't a surprise i was was surprised him i didn't see it coming (laughs) i actually Oh, sorry. I'll get into this later. But so, okay. So, uh, you know, and then so the lead character whose dad is the sheriff, they like figures out that there's a secret and there's a past and who is this mysterious killer. And it turns out that it everybody thinks it's the a girl from 30-ish years ago who had accused a few of the high school sort of popular dudes of raping her. And um, that she's come, and she, and then she disappeared, and then uh, she's come back twenty seven years later to seek revenge. That's what everybody thinks is happening. What it actually is is Jay Moore, who is a teacher at the high school, is the illegitimate illegi- cool teacher. Yeah, he's the illegitimate child of the sheriff from that rape. So he's technically the half brother of the lead character, who's Brittany Murphy. Jody Markin. Everybody following? And he is seeking out revenge because his his mom, the victim of this gang rape, <laughs> uh, apparently, you know... Sorry, I wasn't laughing at gang rape there. I was laughing at Tim's just yeah. <laughs> bitterness. Well, this apparently, <laughs> it's cool to write a movie that just victim shames the victim of rape into becoming a abuser of her illegitimate child. So that's mm-hmm. cool. And that that's the justification for that child being quote unquote crazy and going on a killing spree. Mm-hmm. That's the movie. And that's bullshit. And that's bullshit. <laughs> that. Yeah. <laughs> that. So all you know, as in as in all of that, it sounds like you're saying <laughs> pretty much the movie itself, everything you. So what I was going to say is that a couple nights ago before I watched this, I was talking to a friend and she was asking what movie was next. And I told her and she's like, I've never heard of that. And I said, I don't really know anything about it either. So let me look it up real quick. So I looked up the poster to see if I recognize it. I was like, oh, look, that's, yeah, it's got uh, Brittany Murphy. And oh, it's got Jay Moore. And I looked at the poster for like 10 seconds. And I said, I'm going to tell you what, Jay Moore is the killer. Yeah. 
Like, just looking at the poster and just, like, just deduction. <laughs> no, I know. I mean, it's... Uh, here's the thing. Like, I, I feel like I had the same thought, but I just got so caught up in the idea that it was... Um, thinking it was cool that was a, like a woman killer, which you don't see. It was actually very similar to Ma in its setup. Like, oh. girl whose people abuse, no one believes, comes back to enact revenge decades later on the now adults of the, the who are the parents of the teens. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, go watch Ma because that's a much better execution of that basic <laughs> theme. Very different <laughs> films, too. Um yeah, so I don't know what else to say. I hated it. Tim tells you avoid it. I say it's worth streaming it, and we will let you deduce what to do with it based off of us talking about what worked and did not work for us. But you want to say one more thing, Tim? Right, I just want to say, like, you can watch it. I'm not telling you to avoid it, but I hated it, and I wish I had not watched it. Right, again, this rating system is what we would tell ourselves because yeah. we do not purport to be, uh, I don't know, the, the Roger Ebert of our times. Even though he, I'm sure he, I don't know what his, <laughs> I don't know what his thoughts on criticism was. I don't know. Be I wonder what his thoughts on Cherry Falls was. Ooh, I usually do like to look it up. <laughs> he was around. He, he might have reviewed yeah, it. Yeah. I mean, do you think he reviewed it? It was, yeah, it was in the end a made for, or a released on TV film. That's so right. So I wonder yeah. if he ended up seeing it. Anyway, okay, well... Let's figure we'll look it out. Into that. I guess I'll do uh, most of the talking here for our next section, then, Tim. Probably because our first section is, if you're ready, what worked? What worked? What worked for you? What worked for you? It worked like a charm, Smith. What worked? Well, I was taking notes kind of as I was watching too. So there's a lot of kind of fun, fun little like <laughs> excitement. I was feeling things like as it was happening things. But um, I, I guess up front, since I already kind of mentioned it, like the acting, like Brittany Murphy, like that's honestly just her alone in this is kind of why I would tell myself like it's a solid stream it like her her reactions to everything, like whether it was the twist of what her father did or that the killer is, you know, who she had just said, oh, you're the only person I trust. Like all her reactions. Who she had <laughs> she said that to 10 seconds before yeah. she finds out he's the killer. But that's what makes that moment so good is like <laughs> when, he, when he says that when he says, oh, your dad's in the chest and she's just like, huh, huh, huh. Right. anyway, all her reactions were it was on that level of feeling like this is how someone, this is the level that someone at would actually react. This is the thing, the next thing that someone would say, if it's like a clarification thing, they say, it seems like, I don't know, as extreme, I don't know. She just brought like a really naturalistic performance to it. Um, and then you're, you're like, oh, I don't know. I, I'm just trying to, I, yeah, I don't know. I'm trying well, to decide how like what i think of yeah her well like when she yeah when she, when we got the twist of um what her dad did and hearing it from her like she she acted appropriately like i guess i guess what i meant to say is like comparing it to how like often a critique of these kinds of films are for us where it's just like like when we watched um 
the 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 mannequin one recently, Death Trap, <laughs> Tourist what was it? Trap, Tourist Trap, <laughs> where it's just like, yeah, this I'd be that much more into it if the actor, if the characters were just reacting how people do, yes, or how someone yeah. would. Like no, that I, was I'm, all. I'm with you. Uh, my only caveat is that she seemed fucking like doped up the whole movie. I like, don't know. I, 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 I just felt the whole time I was like, she as a person seems fucked up, like 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 drugged fucked up. Like there's wow. a bunch of scenes where I was like, I don't know if this is a choice or if she's on fucking Quaaludes. Like she just seems like like there's a whole scene where one of her eyes is like blinking. Just one. <laughs> and I'm like, this seems fucked. Something's up. Well, so I have I a would... hard time figuring out how I feel about her performance because it's confusing to me. Do I think that she's genuinely like presenting, you know, some gusto? Yeah. Well, I love that gusto when she's like at the end when uh, she's tied up and she's like she like gives Jay Moore, her teacher, who's now the bad guy like a bite scream it's just like it's so delicious it's so good she goes like she's lying there and she like looks up at him goes like just kind of (laughs) snarzles at him it just seems so realistic like she's just following an urge and like some of the kind of like buttons to a scene um were just i don't know she was just have just cracking me up and then um and then just her supporting cast, like I was like, oh, well, Michael Bean's in it, and he totally delivered. Like when he's, uh, I loved the scene where the killer at the end makes him forces him to like tell the story of the rape himself, and like Michael Bean, he like delivers on as as kind of traumatic and regretful as like you'd want that to be. Mm-hmm. And then to mention the movie American Graffiti twice in a row, because I mentioned it last episode too, Candy Clark yep. from one of my favorite movies, American Graffiti, plays the mom. Yeah. And then just like all, and she's great too. Like when she's, um, yeah, when she's similarly like trying to, to, uh, going about telling about her husband's, you know, past misdeeds. She's all really good in that. Misdeeds. Just... <laughs> You're right. Could be stronger words. <laughs> Don't get Misdeeds. lulled into 1999's fucking way of looking at the world. <laughs> they were just kids. They were drunk. Oh, my um, God. No, and then all the supporting cast of kids, too. Like, uh, oh, DJ Qualls, cool. And, like, her friend in it, the... The, you had the like the couple other like dude characters. There was like the pothead one, the the um, the journalist one. I don't know. They were all like they were all like silly and fun. Like I was I was just like kind of into our little cast of characters. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Save what you hear about later. Um, I loved like it was the classic like sheriff dad with the final girl like daughter set up um nightmare on elm street and um same like that fun the classic separate world where you have the kids world dealing with the situation and then the adult world the cops talking to each other that was just like yep just, just do it i'm having the fun with it and um let's see <laughs> i mean it got with this with the specific with the premise um the main yeah like I don't know. It was just fun to see the details of how they are all dealing with the premise. Oh, like, like 
having a high school orgy party, planning that, like, okay, that makes sense. And like seeing the specifics of that play out and then like them amongst the friends talking about it, like just the classic, oh, but don't you want your first time to be special or do you want it to be like part of this thing? I loved, I cracked up when they're getting off at school the night, the day of the party uh, that's going to happen that night. They are like, the whole school is just so stoked. <laughs> so funny. Um, like, I'm like, yeah, that'd be, it'd be quite the high school party. Um, <laughs> oh my God. Go on. I, I, you know, it's, it's, it's weird. Usually we have more of a back and forth. I just, but I, everything you say, I just want to be like, I hate that. Okay, I'll just keep, okay, <laughs> w- without you talking to kind of uh, give me pause to find a flow, I'm just having to kind of I'll out. I'll interject when I have something positive to say. All right, all right. <laughs> well, that, the party scene I just brought up, I love that, like, the, um them like approaching each other like it was a school dance basically and saying would you want to dance or hey do you like this thing but with the weight where they're clearly just asking each other so do you want to lose our virginity to each other do you want to fuck right now like that being essentially what they're saying that um, i I can get on board with that the that's one of the few moments in in the movie where i felt like there was sort of a grounded in what what that would actually feel like as a teenager to have that awkwardness and like, you know, it's, it is very much a school dance setup where it's like, I'm going to go, I'm like standing against the wall and I'm going to look across the room and seeing if there's like a girl who maybe I can get the nerve up to go ask to dance. But you, you know, with this added element of like, we're not really just asking to dance. Well, that's what I loved I think about that's it. It's fun. That it, one was yeah, fun. It was fun just to, to tw- well, it was to twist it. I mean, that's how long it was. Come on, <laughs> it was. It was just to twist it that little way, though. It like it was. I want to say as far as cathartic, but for, like for me and my like overthink, you can imagine, especially like as my teenage self, like oh, man. it was so great to see. Uh, where the weight of what they were like doing in this dance setup felt like it was appropriate. Like for me, it felt like I was saying, Oh, do you want to have sex together? Asking someone to dance. It felt like the weight was that extreme always. So it was just cool to see it. Like actually, I don't know, actually acknowledged in a way. I don't know. I don't want to say critique. Have I ever told, I feel like, did I ever mention this on, on the podcast? I had a basically like a two year, crush on a girl in high school like the crush started i think in my i think yeah it started my sophomore year like i saw did she sit did she sit in front of you in any class uh i would do it no she was a year younger than me so i don't think my sophomore year we didn't have any classes together i think by my senior year she was in like she was in a mythology class with me but things had things had uh, come and gone no, I guess it was my junior year. It doesn't matter. So for like a like an entire year, I had a crush on this girl before I talked to her. <laughs> and I would I would do this thing. I was I was so just 
ill-equipped to know how to deal with my own like nerves around this. So I would, we had, you know, typical cafeteria with like the freshman side of the cafeteria and like each, like it was essentially split up into, you know, quarters where like the seniors were on one end and the freshmen were on the other and the juniors and sophomores were in in the middle of the cafeteria kind of. And so she, yeah, so I was a sophomore and she was a freshman, I think. And, um she would be sitting at one of these long tables and I would like spend an entire period, like free period sitting there going, okay, you can fucking do this. You can get up and you can go over there and you can just sit down at her table and start a conversation. Like what's the big deal? And I like, I don't know how many times I did this, but I did that thing where you like get up, you finally get enough like nerve up to go over there and I'd like get 10 or 12 feet away and just turn around and go sit down at that like another table and just be like, fuck, no, God, why can't I do it? And I just sit there like beating myself up. It took me a year of that bullshit before well, I finally what? asked her out. And then what happened? We went out. Cool. Briefly. I mean, we, we, I don't know how long we, we, I mean, we got to know each other. We like, well, it's like high school shit you go over to like each other's houses and play a board game or some shit it was so lame this is i took her to my junior prom what worked about cherry falls for ryan and tim's high school adventures and dating (laughs) exactly (laughs) yeah i mean i took her to my junior prom so she was a sophomore yeah that's right so all of sophomore year i couldn't talk to her junior year i remember i finally she actually she people you know, like I had friends who were finally was like, my buddy was like, dude, I know her. I'll just go tell her you like her and that she should talk to you. And so that's essentially what happened. She like came up to me and she like said hi on my birthday and was like, happy birthday. And I was like, <gasps> and then we started hanging out. It's probably the best happy birthday you'll ever get. Oh, it was great. And then, uh, and then uh, at the junior prom, I uh, crashed into a car in the parking lot. Before when we arrived, it was so it sucked. If and then I, uh, she was she was sort of like you're like I I was you know bummed out because I was like this is going badly and she was like this seems like it's going badly <laughs> so she just sort of went and had a good time on her own. Didn't if I well. uh, if I had to tell my equivalent stories, we'd be here all day. So yeah, <laughs> shout out to Jen. I'm not gonna say her last name, but. Um, all right. Uh, well, you saying that, that like, that, um, that, that, that had like not knowing how to deal with those nerves, like something I loved about this were, and this is where I like it at that age, especially still so many men, you know, the, the boys in them where it feels like the default way, the societal way to deal with those nerves, you just would see everyone doing, which I like never related to. So that's why I don't think I knew at all what to do with my nerves was mm. to treat it as like, use those nerves and twist that as like, yeah, man, you're going to go get late. Oh yeah, man. Did you check her? Just the, whatever that bravado attitude yeah, it's called is. toxic masculinity. <laughs> yes. Thank you. I never related or felt like, like I never found my place in toxic masculinity. So right. like similarly, those nerves, I just had could only dive into them was the only way yeah. to actually address them or to, to deal with them. But so that's what I loved in this film. Like, 
anytime now that it's like the women are taking the charge in the story of trying to initiate, it's so much fun to see them disarming these men or young, young these, you know, young, these, these boys, men, whatever. Um, and their toxic masculinity. Like anytime that happened in this movie, I just was like, loved yeah. it so much. Yeah, there you was, know, um, I, I definitely thought there's a couple moments where I was like, this, it feels, it's off, but there's sort of like the seeds of good angling on it. And I was like, how is that? You know, and so like looking up the director and the writer, both, you know, white men, who at the time were probably in their, I don't know, like 40s or 50s or so. And, um, but then I was like, well, who the fuck produced it? And it was produced by three women. And I was like, okay, so there were voices in there being like, hey, <laughs> like, let's not completely be dickheads about this. And I could see their influence, you know, yeah. and then, you know, translating to then the the actresses was yeah, is like, I think that's was so fair. good in this. Like, um, yeah, the the two moments that come to mind. I love like Brittany Murphy's whole I mean the whole what are their names? Jody No, I don't think they say and Kenny. Kenny's Kenny, the boyfriend because yeah. his Kenny's license plate says Kenny. So that's after the only reason I remember it. After Kenny's like set up as like he's breaking up with her because she doesn't want to have sex. Now we have her coming trying to like sure. initiate with him, and it was just like I that just loved her so in that bizarre. scene. <laughs> it was so good. That, that scene's scene. the scene where I think she, like she seems fucked up. Now maybe mm. that's the choice, right? That this whole experience is fucking her up, and I can kind of get behind that because she's acting very erratically and sort of like she's sticking she, it to him. She's like kicking she him in the face. Like she was acting natural to me in a way I just really liked. Hmm. <laughs> That's, I don't know. Maybe we get into kind of more differing uh, tastes sure. between us here. Sure. <laughs> you want but, somebody um, to stick their toe in your mouth? Is that that, that what you mean? I don't. I, I'm not I don't a foot know. person. I like, I'm very, uh, that scene was, the, that was the scariest scene in the whole movie for me. Um, Toes and mouths. I'll, let my, I'll, I'll let my silence. I'll let my silence answer that. Um, no, but like when she, like what I'm thinking of in that scene, like it was cracking me up at the end of that scene when like now he's the one kind of like nervous and shaking, and he goes like, um, "It's just that uh, I, I want you to want to do it because because you, you want know me. you." Yeah, because you want me or like something that was like yeah. trying to be like more romantic or what, you know, he'd think she'd want to hear normally. But she yeah. <laughs> she immediately starts like putting her clothes back on, goes, spare me the violins. And I just <laughs> yeah. loved that delivery. And then um, later in the party scene, my other favorite moment was like when her friend is with the guy and the guy says like something like, oh, you don't have to be nervous or something. And she's like, I'm you're the one who's shaking. Yeah. 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 <laughs> like I loved all that stuff. Yeah, um, I think. Yeah, and then to to continue like uh, with that that party scene. Then once it actually got to like the big massacre at the end, it was just so satisfying, Tim. Like, okay, I mentioned I loved the idea throughout it that it was a woman serial killer or whatever, or murder, whatever, slasher villain. Um, but then the only thing I could love even more than that 
was if it was going to be Jay Moore cross-dressing as a woman in that just kind of like um, psycho rip-off way. Like, I love just him when he went crazy. It was just so fun and satisfying. And then to get as far as him, like, actually making it to the house where all the kids are at, the big orgy party. Sure. And, like, with, was it the knife or the axe or whatever he had? Knife and just, in the house, yeah. It just starts hacking people up and, like, what you know, and they're all his teacher. And he's all their teacher, too. And he like right. yells class dismissed. It was just like so <laughs> ridiculous. I just loved it because of him in it. It was just so satisfying. There are a couple one-liners that are kind of fun. Yeah. And then uh and then finally his when he gets taken down, it's it's in that way where yeah, it feels like this movie it's self aware it's aware, like self-aware of where it's at in in kind of like slasher tropes and stuff. Like, I don't want to totally say it's not because just with little things that aren't necessarily like a actual clear critique or like in the, as far as whatever Scream is going does, but just the fact that like in order to finally kill him, the sheriff just or whoever it is, the cop just immediately like unloads tons of bullets into him Dude. with like two guns. Like, that. I, was, <laughs> I loved that. I, I only love it in its absurdity. I mean, I me too, and that's a lot. I mean, but that's a great thing. Yeah, um, I like this. The stoners had a, a sticker in their car that said "fuck milk, got pot." That was funny. Um, I cracked me up. The big scene where in the bleachers in the the gymnasium, where like leading up to it, you have the sheriff and the principal who turns out, you know, are both of them, including the principal mm-hmm. committed the rape. Um, we learn later, but you have the principal say like, you can't tell all these parents. Um, you can't tell all these parents that the killers killing virgins. Like, and I went like, well, what, like, why wouldn't you just like tell them and let them deal accordingly? Like, I don't, I don't get it. Like what could possibly happen? I was like, so with Michael Bean and then it cracked me up when I was kind of like, Oh, guess I was wrong within, within a minute of them telling all the parents, they are literally like fist fighting each other. (laughs) Like somehow the breach of this news gets them physically fighting. Yeah. It was just cracked me up. And then the fact that it was in a gymnasium, like they're all, that they probably all went to the same high school, these adults. Right. Like it was just especially uh, gleeful and amusing. What are you trying to say, Jerry? Hey, hey, Bill, I was just making a joke. (laughs) (laughs) And then I think that, I think that there's a, there's a power of that we, that you and I cannot truly understand when you have a teenage daughter and you're a a dumb maladjusted middle-aged father <laughs> yeah <laughs> the, the, you know it's a really hard thing to even wrap your head around the idea of your daughter having sex to the I point where you just have to brain. randomly you just right to the point you just have to randomly start punching people yes yes that's <laughs> that's like if ever there was a moment of like a clear depiction of m- male inability to be in touch with their own emotional state it's that yeah. it's that moment my daughter can't have sex fists 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 so you'd rather have her die yeah <laughs> Um, uh, it just cracked me up so much when I was like, 
so with Michael Bean and then, yeah, as I already said, um, yeah, I like, like, I loved, I loved, uh, what's his face? The cool teacher turning psycho. Jay so Moore. Much fun. Jay Moore. Um, I, I thought of you, I, you were hating it. I thought maybe this was a part you were like, but I just had fun. Like, it was like, you say, I say classic, you might say like hackneyed or whatever, but her going to the library to look at the old newspaper search oh slides God. thing. The fucking microfiche. In every movie. Yeah, the micro. Holy shit. I, <laughs> I, I sat there for a minute going like, okay, it's 2000. Right. This movie came out on t- in 2000 in 1999. Like if I had to go research something like how would I do? I was in college and I'm like, I guess I guess but I, we had the Internet, but like you didn't really search for shit on the Internet yet. Like, yeah. so, yeah, I guess you would do a microfiche. But I was like, holy shit, this just feels it was, weird. It was pre Google Internet, which is different for right. searching. I think that there was a thing. Well, maybe that came later. There was a thing called like uh, dog. It was had something to do with dogs. It was like fetch or dog, dog search something something. I, I remember that. I yeah, don't rem- I can kind of see the the little emblem of the white and black dog, and that's about <laughs> Me it. Me too. But I have no idea what it's called. But yeah, so it's like it just was. <laughs> It was weird because it made me feel like it was an older movie than it actually was, which is fine. Well, what, what I mean, it kind of is though an older I know. movie, like because it, it's weird. It, because I don't know, it, it was like I kept wanting to sort this movie as if it was like a mid two thousands film, but then there were these clear, distinct things setting where it felt like, oh no, this is still like more coming yeah. off the nineties, which I guess, yeah, right. made in 99, 98, you know, written before that. But so like God, in, thank in the mic- God, they did not do a like fake internet search. You know what I mean? Remember like there was this period of time when they just like made up what internet and email like presumably would look like. Yeah. And it was always just horrible and dumb and goofy. I'm just glad they didn't do that because this was a much better option is just be like, yeah, she doesn't have access to that or whatever. It's not a thing yet. So go go grab the microfiche. I actually don't remember that fake internet in Oh, movies. dude, if you look at like late 90s movies, especially any movie that has to do with like technology, like the net or like anything like that. There are these horrible like scenes of like what's going on inside the computer. And it's like usually some CGI, like trash CGI that like just it's like they're trying to conceptualize it visually for everybody. I hate that shit. And it's always bad. Other stuff that dated to that, you know, coming off the 90s, I I really liked uh, appreciating all the fashion. Like it was just so much fun to see like clearly pre 2000s. I don't know. Is this interesting to see the shift? Like, oh yeah, 99 people were still yeah. dressing with these like kinds of jackets. I don't know. I love and I just like that style now that it's vintage. It was fun seeing. Oh man, what a bad time for fashion. <laughs> I yeah, I don't know. Ooh. Whatever. I have fun looking at them in it. I think the um, hairstyles are really just they're crazy. I like, mean, I think <laughs> I hated of the I hate, time. I hate men's hairstyles in that like late '90s, early aughts. The yeah, frosted this is like, tips, exact, spiked hair. Yes, exactly. I hated that. It's horrible. I still hate it now. Ugh, God, it means I was just like could feel me just like feeling nauseous <laughs> seeing someone with this like gel. I could just like feel the gel in my mouth. I just hate it. 
that crusty gel, the hardened yeah, just, gel. Like, it's like how, dip or dap or something like that. I f- feel like at some point <laughs> someone like said, oh, I want to try putting this on you. I was like, no way you're putting <laughs> anywhere close to me. I'm, you're not putting goo jelly in my hair. Oh. Um, I, I loved that... Um, I mean, yeah, maybe this is, you know, obvious stuff of direction to go, but you don't always get in these movies, like, all the story elements coming together. So, like, it wasn't just the, I mean, I guess I'm just, you know, Nightmare on Elm Street does it and that's what it did, but having Mm. that twist of the dad, you know, be directly involved with the killer and who's also the sheriff. It's just, like, fun that it just did, like, it fully did everything it could and should do. Yeah. Yeah. In that sense, I, just I mean, liked. it's a very tight bow. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And like, sometimes I'm, I'm into that. Sometimes I'm, it depends. I mean, it's, it's all kind of part of how it gets executed, but like, I was okay with it for the most part. I think that <laughs> there's a, there's a, Never mind. I'll just talk about it later. All right. Well, do you want to get to later? <laughs> I think I'm good. We can oh. move on to what did not work. Sure. All right. Great. Moving on. What did not work? It's not ready yet. Seems to work okay. No, something important's missing. What did not work? <laughs> since I just have some main ones, do you okay. mind if I, since it sounds yeah. like you'll expound more than I <laughs> will? Probably. Um, straight. Uh, okay. This, that there are a few key things like just that I want so bad for a slasher movie that like we're holding this back for me. The music I thought was terrible. Woo! Like it felt so sad where you just had these like awesome Brittany Murphy performance totally being undermined by this like kitschy sounding yeah. soundtrack. I'm like, this I sounds... don't even think that that was like, it, it, it felt like they just pulled stock like sound shit per scene like it didn't have any cohesiveness to it there's no thematic aspect to it it was just sounds right and it's like that's it so it was yeah it was bad it hurt the movie a lot right that's why i just mentioned it like up front it's like if the music isn't good i mean and if the music is good it does so much just as much as the music isn't good can ruin a movie and it like yeah. If I wasn't just able to look past it, I'm sure I'd be giving it an avoid too, but that's what put me closest to it. Um, it being a PG-13 movie hurt it so much. Like, this is just so close where it's like, okay, at least, you know, uh, you want the kill scenes to happen where you see the gore full on. It always cut around it, always shortened it. It was never like, yep. oh my God, he just got axed this way. That's a huge so it, like, problem. No nudity too. Right. Like that all cut out just seemed like. Yeah, you're making a movie about teenage sex like and you can't like show anything like it just it's a totally undermining of the whole concept. So why why bother? Now, granted, just a caveat, like there's a reason for that, right? The MPAA, who's a bunch of fucking I don't know, maybe I should not trash them, but like they they have a they have a bit of a uh <laughs> a problem with view how they view sex versus how they view violence and they seem to put sex as a you know t- 
such a taboo thing to show, but they'll show somebody getting their head blown off and give it the same rating, right? So there's well, a lot of discrepancy and just sort of illogic behind how they view a lot of this stuff. And, and, and a lot of it's based on the time, right? This is just post-Columbine, and there was a, a sort of a, I don't know, what a mandate almost to, to whitewash or just water down any teen violence. Yeah, the violence and sex and either. Right. It's like, no, no, and that's that's not just a sort of in the air of the times thing. It's a thing of note. Like literally, this film was having to cut stuff because of the right. Columbine stuff and how that trickled into the studios it was being held by in the MPAA. So it's it's yeah. it's yeah, it's really was specifically affected by the yeah. times. Not so much just it was in the air, um, but still, no. I mean, but when you're watching it, it's like it doesn't matter you know the the background of the movie how it got to be where it is doesn't matter it's the end product as it is it didn't have the stuff i wanted to make it right. great sorry definitely um no i i mean it's yeah it just it 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 kind of belies the whole point of making this movie if you right. if you lose those things Right. <laughs> like, I mean, you have Jay Moore running around dressed as a woman, screaming, acting crazy. Like when that he gets to that scene at the end, it's like those shots are there where he's like swinging the knife at people. But you just want that like full on Friday yeah. the 13th. Let's see it. Um, yeah. I didn't quite get his motivation. I mean, he said it, but I feel like I kind of missed it. Like, what was his specific motivation for killing virgins? Like, as uh, no, that's not in there. Yeah, okay, he said something, I was hoping you could explain it's it, because he said something vague about, like, innocence, or... Yes, exactly, uh, mm. he, it's something in the, the, in the moment, the moment that made my head explode, basically, which is him recounting that because his mom was raped, it drove her crazy... And she and therefore she abused him, like tortured him. And he's this is it's so murky. So he is enacting revenge on her behalf, but also on his own behalf, because what they did made her do what she did to him. And so he's it's just it's a fucking mess. It doesn't add up to anything that only just confused me even more right and so like the virgin thing is that i think he says something to the effect of like had you not taken her innocence i wouldn't have suffered for it see i like and that's that is a fucking mile long stretch to get to some logic behind you only need you only need the, the the rape revenge stuff is all you need. Yeah. Like, like he sh- this whole idea of trying to justify his insanity through creating victim bl- shaming of her having become insane because of getting raped is is so fucked up to me. It is so it is so out of fucking bounds to make that the reason. That like you're saying, oh, I, I I mean I guess you can back up enough, kind of, to say that the trauma of the event was so in, in extreme, which is totally valid. That I can get behind. Getting gang raped 
as a teenager. A and, misdeed. And not, yeah. And not being able to really get any sort of justice because society just says, A, we won't believe you. B, they're popular. C, you were in love with one of them, so you don't want to, like, hurt them. Like, all of that is is fine in in so far as like that's that's uh, real i guess like you can see that scenario but the next step the next step of she then had a, a kid because of the rape and dis- decides to torture the kid that's too that's that's too much like that leap is not only offensive, it's just, it. it's fucking dumb. It doesn't make sense. Like, the basement that we see the, the, the sheriff go down into that, that Jay Moore as a baby was kept and tortured in right. makes no sense. You don't need to do that to, like... She can be traumatized in ways that doesn't uh, manifest as abuse towards her son. Like, sure, sure. Just the fact that it happened at all is reason enough for him to want to get revenge. Here, here's you. It's a leap into fantasy. Is the problem with it? It's like, oh, let's make her evil. That's that's the leap, and that that leap makes no sense. Well, you I feel c- like it's they're they're trying to do some kind of like, oh, it's actually you know who's to blame in the end. You know, I don't know. It sure, feels like sure. Lame. But like, it's it's missing the mark for sure. But I feel yeah. like they thought they were not doing that. I think they thought very little about any sort of like actual depth in this thing. I think the director, maybe the writer, I don't know, were like, well, she's the killer, right? So let's let's make the audience think that she's this insane, you know, torturer. And it's like that that you you can't back that up. Right. That's just an idea. That's like an idea being like, oh, wouldn't it be cool if there were scary things in the basement? And then it ends. They don't keep going on like, well, does that make any sense whatsoever? If you want to see Jay Moore as a kid suffer at the hands of the of the, I guess, the tragedy of this event, have the what was her name? Lisa Lee or something like that. Laura Lee. Oh, yeah. So have Laura Lee as a teenager trying to justify the or trying to cope with the fact that she's having a kid through this rape and have her dad be the problem. Her dad being shaming the fuck out of her for getting raped. That's a that's a that's a thread of abuse that you can see work its way through to Jay Moore, the kid suffering at the hands of the event of the of the the foul act, so to speak. Right. Like it's good because it so clearly puts it the blank like on continued, um, you know, toxic masculinity. Exactly. She had that father. Yeah. So if you see if you see that, you can see how it's on. And then her you can see her psychologically break and do things that affect Jay Moore as a baby. Like you can, you, you've built enough back. You could do this in like a 30 second flashback too. I mean, they have a shitty flashback that makes no sense. So, but whatever, (laughs) you know, you could do this and you could just give it enough so that we go, that's, 
bad. That's that's we're furthering along this, you know, this path of just fucked upness in the world and how we view these kinds of crimes. Tim, t- tell me all about what else didn't work for you over. I, as we kind oh of you, you kind of talked out of you went on this after transitioning out of something I said. So I just want to leave <laughs> you to it now. Now I want to hear just coming into it, Tim. OK, what did not work for you? OK, well, I mean, film? I guess that's sort of the big one. The Any logic around why and who these people like who the motivation for the, these things is is my biggest. It just it falls apart. It's stupid. And Jay. They they don't even connect. Why is Jay, why is Jay Moore dressing up like his mom? Right, like they don't connect that at all. Because like, it's why? great to see him doing it. <laughs> right. I mean, but beyond that, it's just a psycho rehash. Right. Like it's just like, oh, remember in Psycho when when Norman dresses up like his mom? Let's have Jay Moore do that. Yeah. What? Why? Just I guess Give for us the something. twist of like thinking it's her. Just to have a twist at all, yeah. No, you're right. These are you can you can have this twist, but actually make it make sense too. If if he's psychotic, if he has had some sort of if he has some sort of condition like in Psycho, we we understand why Norman does that. We're just supposed to assume that it's similar and just be cool with it. That's dumb. Um, also, the, so then there's this sort of overarching feeling of just. It's just off base, man. It's like there's all these weird sexualized moments that they they they're so out of place. There's a moment when Michael Bean is teaching Brittany Murphy some self-defense move. This is one of the dumbest scenes I've ever seen. Like, I hate scenes (gasps) like this. I hate the like, I'm going to teach you this thing for the purposes of this movie so that in the end you can use this thing as the tool to save the day because you learned a lesson. It's just the most hackneyed bullshit ever. Like, <laughs> if you're going to do that, have it not work in the end when she tries it. So she has to learn something else to actually solve do, her problems. It, it didn't do much to help her at all, if I remember. Well, she tried it once and it kind of like didn't it. She got kind of got away and then in the very end, she she uses it poorly to get oh. him to flip off the the porch or whatever. And I, and I forgot that. I, I only remembered it in the middle when it kind of did something. OK, right. So there's just all these things like that that are just there's they're shitty. And the sexualization like Michael Bean falls on top of her. And there's like a moment of like weird like they're nose to nose on the ground and she's like breathing heavy and he's kind of like, Oh, I, I gotta get, it feels like it's a a meat cute. Like it's supposed to be a meat cute fall, but it's like incestual. It's like, what what is going on? What the fuck is going on now? If you want to make him the fucking villain of the movie, which in a way he is right. Like he fucking, the, I mean, don't get me started on the sort of justifiable aspect of his, well, I was really drunk and I knew what I was doing, but like, I'm sorry. Fuck you. So if you make him the villain, make him a bad person in actuality and watch Brittany Murphy have to deal with that. She sort of, sort of just has to watch it. That's not really dealing with it. That's just being like, okay, that sucks that that happened and I'm going to cry about it. But. You don't make her. She don't have to deal with it in any active way. Well, I, I, but it 
I mean, sorry, maybe this is what you're getting at here, but I did like, I remember at the end, he's not, after seeing him and his, the, the mother actually like try to almost excuse it somehow, the end, what was so cool, Michael and Michael Bean's performance is when he finally gets to the point in telling the story where he's like, but I knew what I was doing. I knew yeah. what I was doing. Like, yeah, but I, I, I don't like that. He, it felt like very, like he, he did finally get to the point of, of, you know, um, exiting his denial. I, I, I agree that it's written to, to accomplish that. But when you're talking about sort of paying for or getting your what you like getting your just desserts in 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 the crime that you've committed if you can as a character if you can sort of intellectually acknowledge that what you did is wrong that's fine but that's not enough that doesn't get you off the hook and so from a character point of view and a story point of view he needs to actively sacrifice himself for what he did and he doesn't Right. He just sort of falls on on the ground and gets axed. That's not enough. And so like that's that's one way you could make him you could kind of get what you need out of that character and and feel a little bit of I don't know if it's catharsis so much as just justification like story wise. But on the other side, like. If he's make him the bad guy and have that finish his arc. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm trying to say. Right. If you make him the actual bad guy, right? That that Jay Moore is sort of the is sort of the foil for him. Then you can plant these weird sexualized scenarios and awkwardness throughout and they would actually work in a way, but he at some point as a character would have to make the turn and actually accept being the bad guy. That actually could be the one thing better than watching Jay Moore run around in a dress would be Michael Bean going crazy right. running around in the dress. Wow, Tim, we, you, man, I like your version. You're right. So, so you know, that's the thing is this is such a sort of first drafty pass. Now, having said that, in one of the things that I read, you know, this doesn't justify the script being kind of shallow, but they only really had time to shoot like like – one take for a lot of this movie which is not enough you need at minimum for anything to even come close to worthwhile three takes like just that's just sort of a generalized like you gotta you gotta try and get it three at least just so you you can get somewhere so that's really fucking telling and and i think it's you can see it throughout the movie where you just kind of go there's so many moments where i just kind of turn my head like what the fuck that's not it makes no sense. Like people don't act that way. They don't behave. They, the the writing aside, like you can't shine shit writing. You just can't as an actor. No matter how fucking good you are, bad writing is almost impossible to overcome as an actor. So the only way you can make that leap is if you get multiple takes, so you can find something within the bad writing to actually do, and or probably both, you have a director who can actually sort of pull some stuff out of that. But if you don't have any fucking time or takes to, to get there and you don't have a director who's who I don't I think one of the big failings of the movie is that I think this director saw the script 
in a different way than the intention of the script, in such a different way that those two things could never really coalesce into something that made sense. I read like the crew saw the film or like the DP, everyone basically saw the film being something other than he did, the director. That's what it feels like. Without question, that's what it feels like. If you had a director who really understood the sort of plight of the teenage mind, this director is not that person. The the writer, I think, may, may have been able to tap into it a little bit. There are, there are things and nuances in the writing that I'm kind of like, yeah, maybe if you had a, if you had a director who could really fucking pull that out and get the actors on board of like, Hey, this is a satire. Like we're like, we're making fun of how like crazy the teenage mind is. Let's get into that. But instead he's doing this almost too kind of like, um, it's a, it's it's just too serious in a way. It's melodramatic and serious and it's just not it's shit. It doesn't make sense. Characters do things that just I I'm just like what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> like Michael Bean at one point is talking to the to the principal I think. <laughs> and as much as I I kind of actually love that this moment happens, it still makes no fucking sense. Like it it does later, but you would never remember this moment. The moment doesn't mean anything in in its in itself anyway for it to connect to what you learn later. But the principal, I think, like puts his his hand on Michael Bean's shoulder, and Michael Bean's like, "Don't fucking touch me!" And it's like, "Whoa, guys, where is that coming from? That what that is, in my opinion, that's first rehearsal. Let's get some like." shit going and just sort of play the scene out and just just react in the moment like on instinct that's like actors being like where is this scene let's figure it out like i'm just gonna react and so we can find something and then do that and like hone in on on the the scene but like that's the cut that's this that's the moment in the movie and it's disconnected to anything it's like what are the fuck we doing i think that's why i liked Brittany Murphy so much in it maybe it's like it doesn't like she just is interesting and cool like I just sure. like her so it's like fun like anytime the, the having the first take thing felt like it almost th- that's why I latched onto her as being like the big like reason to see this movie is like yeah I mean she just like her figuring out the scene and going with her instincts right. is like super interesting yeah, I think you I I can get on board with that. She's sort of chewing up the scenery in in the way that a really a really raw and and open actor who's willing to just fucking th- just throw it out. Just be like, "Here we go." Mm, so good. So that's I I I agree with that. I think that's, you know, that's a worthwhile, you know, take inverse. Away. Yeah, in inverse to what you were just saying. Um but yeah, I mean, dude, Kenny, the Kenny character, even just the way the Kenny character is written, like, it's just gross to me. And, and like, yes, those people exist, but it's, it's, they, they are incapable in this movie of towing the right line between caricature and seriousness. And so because they can't quite ever find that, and I think that's the discrepancy between the writer's intent and the director's vision, or lack thereof, whatever, um, 
that those two things are always just punching each other. And what you're left with is this almost incoherent mess of like moment to moment, the characters being like, I think the actors a lot of time in particular, Kenny is being directed to be, you know, be this cool guy, be a cool guy, do what a cool guy would do. Right. And the, and the writing is not really supporting that. Right. As if the, the director doesn't know that people with spiked hair are not cool. Exactly. I mean, like, in the first scene when, when the mom comes up and is, like, flirting with him, what's going on? Oh, yeah. I forgot about hey, that. Hey, Kenny, can I have a cigarette? Like, what are, we, what are we doing? What is this doing to help us understand the, the, the story of what's going on? Kenny just said, if you don't fuck me, we're done. That's, that's the scene, right? That's the actual scene. Kenny tries to fucking move in on his girlfriend that he's been dating for a year. She says, hey, I'm not ready for that. And he says, you know what? Fuck this. I'm out. I'm not dating you because you won't have sex with me. That's the scene. And then mom shows up and is all weird and sultry and asks for a cigarette. What is going on? <laughs> And Kenny's like, hey, Mrs. Whatever your name is. Hey, 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 hey. Yeah. I'm a cool guy. I'm a cool guy. Yeah, I got a cigarette. I got a cigarette for you, Mrs. Whatever. Yeah. It's just Whoa. like, what? What? Where what, are we what leading else? to? What else you got, Tim? Um, like. I can say. I, well, what, okay. So, well, so here's a big, here's a big story problem I have. If Jay Moore is seeking revenge. That's cool. Like, seek revenge. Why is he picking the people he's picking? Is he picking them arbitrarily? Does he... He's their teacher, so he knows stuff about the the kids in the school. He knows potentially who's a virgin and who's not. Okay. So he's just picking students. Randomized students. Right? Who gives a shit? Pick. Yeah. There are four dudes who raped your mom. They made this weird story conceit that two of those dudes left town. The end. Who gives a shit about them? Why? Right. It takes him a long time to finally kill who makes sense. He's getting revenge on the perpetrators where it takes him so long to actually kill the principal. Yeah. You have four, you you have a direct line of motivation. Four people raped your mom. Do those four people have kids? Go kill them. Yeah, that's it. Make those four people suffer for the fucking wrongs that they committed. Why is that not a part of this movie? Why is it anything else? Yeah. Why? What? Like, so he's just crazy. That's the answer. Oh, he's just crazy. He just (laughs) wants to kill virgins. Right. Well, and that's exactly we don't even know why he wants to kill virgins. Right. What? (laughs) I mean, is that's what I point. That's what I started off saying. I feel like if you just get rid of that. It makes it, it just clicks. Like I feel like I feel like the movie they kind of went like, okay, well, what's a what's a a, a, a take on on how do we switch up the slasher genre? Well, if it's always the kids having sex or the next to get killed, what if we do the opposite? Right, and that does and that to me at least kind of makes me go like, oh yeah, okay, that that's you know it that's doesn't a kernel make me of go, a good idea. Because yeah, here's well, here's what you do, and here's my fi- like my final point of why this movie is trash. 
when you set up a villain and you give them what you what you would sort of refer to as the red herring motivation oh the killer's just killing virgins that's a red herring that's not that should not be actually what the motivation is you should learn through the assumption that he's just killing virgins that he has a deeper motivation and if yeah. you give that to the characters that are at risk of being murdered, you give them something to fucking figure out and solve. So, let's say Brittany Murphy, the lead of the fucking movie, has to fucking put it together as to why the three other people who have been killed, or three, let's say it's six people, let's say it's the three daughters or sons of the fucking four people that that raped Jay Moore's mom that at first, you know, it doesn't seem connected, but you give her once you get to the third one. And once she figures out, holy shit, these three parents of these th- three kids and their significant others in those, you know, the, let's say each time they got killed, they were they were tr- about to have sex for the first time or something like that. Right. She by the time you get to the third one. You go, holy shit, they're connected because I just learned that 27 years ago, these four assholes raped a, a girl. And those four assholes are the or three of those four assholes are the parents of kids who just got murdered. Has nothing to do with virginism. It has to do with the fact that those three of four dickheads raped a girl. That's yeah. why it's happening. And once she figures that out, she has not only does she have an understanding of why, but she potentially has um, she has allies because suddenly let's say let's say that two two of the kids get murdered and the third uh, got away. She's not the one who got away or she is the one that got away. And the and the, the last one who is somehow friends with her or enemies with her. They can become allies and go, holy fuck, this is what I think is actually going on. Make Actually, make it a, a, an enemy of hers. Make it somebody that she, if she had not had conflict with, they would have allied themselves earlier and helped to figure this out. But because they're enemies, because that's what you do in high school, you have fucking enemies, they couldn't figure it out sooner and therefore they couldn't protect themselves sooner and people... You know, they couldn't have prevented deaths from happening. If they had solved the crime earlier, they would have prevented deaths. But because they are fremenies, let's call them, in high school, they couldn't. Like, that's construct. Like, you can have all of that stuff, and that pushes the story forward. It makes us give a fuck about Brittany Murphy in the first place. It also lets us understand her as a foil to her dad, who is a detective, sort of. He's a cop, right? He figures out crimes. So it it layers in all of these things to make us go, oh... Yeah, there's some shit going on, and I understand the plight of these characters, including the fucking murderer. We get none of that. We just get her running around being like, I don't know if I want to have sex. Yes. Who cares? (laughs) As always, that's all on point, Tim. I agree. That's good stuff. That's why it makes me so angry. (laughs) This is also why it makes me so angry. I haven't gotten feedback on my script from you yet. Oh, shit. You're so on point. I know. Sorry, dude. I'm going to send you a new... Oh, yeah, send me a new one. A new one this weekend. That'll motivate me. 
uh, yeah, it'll be great. Cause yeah, I know you always know how to, to get in there and be like, it's this it's a, it's a, but, um, yeah, I mean, look, I, at the end of the day, I'm, there's a, there's so many different ways to make a good movie. Right. So like, this isn't the only way by any means to make this movie better, but, but it smart, is like a way. These are the pieces you're presented with. Like I, I think that take on it already gets me to imagine that like your take on it with these same actors. It's just like, oh man, excellent film. It would be a classic, you know? Yeah. So except just change the name, <laughs> dude. Oh my god, I spent the the majority of the movie <laughs> just waiting for some actor to say the name of the movie. Right. To be and, and to make a fucking crude joke about it, to be like Cherry Falls, more like Poppin' Cherry Falls. <laughs> I mean, that's what the, it and then, does without someone having to say that. Like, I know. That's and what's then just so... <laughs> when they have the party, there's a banner that says pop your cherry. Uh, it says pop your cherry party or pop your cherry hall, whatever at Cherry Falls. I, I was like, oh, well, they did it. They They just didn't say it. It was uh, also a little too much too on the nose for me that the last shot of the uh, the dam and the river like running red with blood. <laughs> like, like talk about just feeling Can like we just have a moment just of, too, a moment like, of, of silence place. for the worst decision you could possibly make. Yes. It's it's such it's just dumb. Why? Yeah. Why? The whole movie just for me is a bunch of like what what what? Well, Why? I think what got what got me about it is it's it not felt like a bunch like of kids it, fucking drowned and like got their <laughs> necks slight and then that like we watched it, the blood run into the river and then go over the right. falls. Like it, it's it felt it's disconnected. It means it, nothing. Exactly. Even it felt disconnected from the rest of the movie's own dumbness. Like it right. felt like, okay, this didn't even make sense for what this movie was. It felt so outside the bounds of whatever this movie ended up being. Yeah. Yeah. Well, have you uh, said your piece, Tim? <laughs> I mean, honestly, this... I, I, I think that at some point we might want to like find a way to either live I think it would be fun to live stream us watching some of these movies for people you know what I mean because moment to moment there are there's so many times like I could I thought during this movie I was like I could actually sit and start and pause this movie all day and be like, what? Wait, hang on. <laughs> what was that? You know what I mean? Like, and I think that as an exercise, it would actually be kind of interesting because there's a myriad of other things that I could point out that I just, just right now, I'm, I didn't even bother. I'm like, there's too many. I'm not going to fucking worry about it. You actually mentioned the one with the double guns. I just, it's like, there's a, a bunch of those kind of moments, like the double gun moments where Which I just I liked. Go, what? I mean, I actually forgot to mention the, uh, my favorite part of the whole movie is when the cop gets an axe in the fucking head. Right. I was like, oh, shit. Cool. 
something happened. And I think I can't remember if it's Jay Moore or the cop who says like something like you got to I got to split. And it's like, yeah, make that movie. So they didn't. And that's why I hated it. Well, as we already kind of brought up, there was some uh, interesting things holding this film back behind the scenes. Should we get to that and any other things of note? Definitely. All right. Things of note. Things of note! (laughs) This should be interesting. The film's German title is Sex oder Sturb. It says with an exclamation point, which translates to sex or die. And in Mexico, the <laughs> film was released as Corre, no grites, which translates to run, don't scream. Oh, wow. Which actually was pretty funny in the movie. You remember uh, Jay Moore before we, the, the twist, he's the bad guy. And he's talking to Brittany Murphy, and um, they like they they like have like a friendly whatever exchange, and um, oh says, yes, yeah, yeah. He says when he says you know oh I gotta go, and she starts walking away. He says run, and she's like oh and starts yeah. running. It's like well, really it's funny it's couched moment. in this moment of her actually being like, hey, can we do this? Like she's flirting with him. Yeah, Can yeah, we yeah, do yeah. this again, just the two of us, I think she says. And he's like, <laughs> he gets all awkward and nervous. Oh, no, Jay Moore is not going to be able to handle it. And he's like, you should go home now. Run! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Run. Don't scream. <laughs> well, so, the, so there is an article on Bloody Disgusting. I read that, that article. Some... It's so that good. was by... Trace Thurman, I believe is his name, who I've um I've recommended mm. his podcast Horror Queers. Oh, okay. Is good. I don't know if they've covered this, but at least I don't know, it was fun recognizing his name. Cool. Um but yeah, from that it was interesting learning that because this was canceled in lieu of a television premiere. Since it had a budget of fourteen million, it has the distinction of being the most expensive TV movie ever made. <laughs> I wonder if that's still true. Yeah, I know. Yeah, because I know there's a lot of money put into TV nowadays. You right. have to wonder. Um, oh my god! What well, I think it's interesting, you know, having said how much I hate this movie, I get why people like it. I know that you know what I mean. Like, it occurred to me there's like there's a lot of kitschy dumb shit in it that is. Normally, I would be pretty like I'd be like, ah, ha, 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 cool, like which I was doing, yeah. right? Like, like when she snaps the rope of the shark in the science lab, and it like the shark flies through the air and like hits Jay Moore into a like a <laughs> some fucking casing thing. Like that's funny. Yeah, yeah. More of that. I mean, the guy's carving virgin on foreheads. Like that's like come on, let's go there. That's what get the movie it. was for me. That I swear that it was it just, throughout the whole yeah, movie. Yeah, it just never it never rose to what I thought that should be, I guess. I think because you're distracted by all this other bullshit. You were. Yeah, well, yes, I was. Um <laughs> you know, but it really does make a lot of sense when you read this article by our friend Trace. How 
you know, the intent can just get completely undermined. And and then what are you left with, right? Like, like I said, like, don't release this movie then. Like, it is not the movie they meant to make. Well, they almost didn't. I mean, or it almost, it was... It was okay. So here, I'll read this paragraph from the, the article. At the time of Cherry Falls's, oh yeah. So it saw it saw multiple cuts after the MPAA and the U.S. Senate came down on violence and sexuality in teen films following the Columbine shootings. At the time of Cherry Falls' impending release, the Senate was having hearings over sex and violence in teen films. It threw a spotlight on Cherry Falls and USA Films, being a new company. Um, they didn't want their first release to defy what the Senate said they should do. Thus, the film was given a TV release as opposed to theatrical release. So it seemed like almost one of those cases where if it was a bigger studio, it would have just been like kind of, um, you know, come out three years later or whatever. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But because it was a small, they like wanted to get it out there and make their money back somehow. It really bums me out because, you know, there's countless examples of the sort of pressure and bureaucracy around how the powers that be view and decide to uh, change or manipulate or whatever the actual artistic intention of a film. And this happens all over the place with all sorts of other mediums. But us being people in that world, it, it it's it's frightening in a way to me as a filmmaker this this idea of how these levers can be pulled that ultimately, you know, could really just fuck you as the filmmaker. And, you know, that's not to say that this film would have been a better film had none of this happened. It's like we can't make that well, judgment. We already talked about it. It would have been a better film with it, gore and nudity. Probably. You know, I mean, we can make, I would have enjoyed can, it more. We can make that assumption. I'm not saying that every time stuff like this happens, it it is at you know costing you a good film. Like I think there are yeah, yeah. certainly times when these weird things end up like the shark. If the shark in Jaws works, you have a very different movie, right? Like limitations can can enhance art sometimes, <laughs> but it's scary to think that bureaucracy like this can completely undermine everything yeah and i i i hope that i'm never in that position but like you know we all probably right. will be at some point right i know i was just thinking back to um what's martyrs you know hearing mm -hmm. all about what that went through lots yeah. of films um yeah it says there in this article still like what you're talking about graphic shots were taken from the opening kill and a scene in which a deputy's head is cleaved in half with an axe. Even the killer's death by imp impalement is missing the shot of the actual penetration. Director informs his listeners, oh, this is on the commentary track, that all these shots were filmed, but unfortunately had to be removed from the film to appease, yeah, the Senate, MPAA, and U.S. films. Yeah, that's So, and the directors was, like, insisting, it's like, studios never, like, actually throw away footage. Like, it exists, so... The fans of this film hmm. still hoping to see uh, the R-rated the cut someday. 20 years later. <laughs> yeah. Maybe they should wait till 27 years later, you know? Cause, yeah. Because that's how long it took Jay Moore to get revenge. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, isn't that, I think that's the it number, 27 years. Um, uh, that seems right, yeah. Um, 
all right, well, how about it? Should we put a a bow on Cherry Falls? Yeah. And move on to Oh, there's one uh, sorry, there's one thing of note. I think it's important <laughs> to say like this director may I I actually haven't seen it, but he made a very acclaimed movie called Romper Stomper. Um, oh yeah, I've seen that this. back yeah, yeah, yeah. And I've never seen it, but it's Russell. It's one of Russell Crowe's early, early movies that kind of put him on the map, I guess. Like a lot of people reference that. It's like, holy shit, Russell Crowe. Um, so it's not like this guy's incapable of making a good movie, right? I just think that this isn't the movie for him to make. You know what I mean? In, in a way. Or maybe it was, like we said, maybe the version he wanted to make would have been awesome. Yeah, either way, just kind of weird. He, uh, I don't know, <laughs> was not the right match in the end. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, that's that's it for me. That's All it right. for me. I wish Now I... then, we can move on to Recommend Dead Chins, which, Tim, I'm excited to recommend Dead. Another podcast I discovered somehow. Maybe, maybe oh, yeah. it was from Shudder's newsletter, but it's a... Um, it's a it's a narrative one. That's the first one I've listened to. Usually they're just kind of too hokey for me. Like you know, just the kind of more um, what do they call it? The, the radio show style mm-hmm. podcast. But this one, it's so it's called the Left Right Game, and it is. I think it emerged as kind of like a um, what do they call it? like a creepy pasta story that then someone <laughs> cool. made into like. <laughs> It's own, not a podcast, but like I saw, like there is an original, like few hour someone telling the story of it or something, as if maybe it was real, that kind of style. Mm-hmm. That now th- it has been adapted into this podcast, which is like a full big production. It stars Tessa Thompson in it as um, Alice Sherman. And um, it's basically like where you kind of have the fun of this of kind of like when we talk about what is a hellier and like you're kind of like paranormal investigative shows where it's about this kind of a, a similar subset of paranormal investigators who are like um, enthusiasts, I guess, okay. around this phenomena, which they call the left-right game, which is where if you take a left turn followed by a right turn, like infinitely you'll soon like end up in an area where it's like the same thing happens where you like you end up in like just kind of your town starts appearing as this other town where it's like this hitchhiker always appears on the same road kind of thing like no matter what it just becomes this weird like happening that um, like uh, has different rules to it that they figured out so it has all the fun of like figuring like like entering one of these little paranormal adventure subsets and getting to gleam all about it. But like, you know, fictionalized in this case, like it's completely made up versus based on Bigfoot hunters or whatever. Um, (laughs) uh, As in, you know, there's no left, right game people actually, as far as I know. (laughs) Um, And then it was just, and then of course, Tessa Thompson is great. And just hearing her in this role has me sold. I do. And um, did I tell you I met her? Yeah, you told oh, me at man. the Bigfoot Lodge. Yeah, that's cool. Ooh, t- <laughs> tie it all together, Bigfoot Lodge. <gasps> I know, I'm uh, envious. Um, yeah, it's it's fun, big production value, and uh, it's it's in the middle of its release right now. So episode four, I think, just came out. Cool. 
the left-right game. I've been having fun with it, looking forward to it, getting creeped. Nice. Well, I'm trying to figure out, have I recommended this <laughs> I little mini-series on Netflix? Um, I don't think I did. Uh, it's Dr- It's Dracula. Did I talk about no, this? No, you one? haven't. So I didn't it's realize the, it's the British I, one. It it is. Oh God. I, I mean, guess. I just knew it. Yeah, the, there's something that I knew as like it's new, right? I just learned about something where it was like, oh, an Australian or a British Dracula came out is new. Yeah. Um. I don't know. I I mean, it's on Netflix. It's just called Dracula. It's a series, but it's only three parts, which I didn't realize. So season one is is just three episodes. They're long, though. They're about 90 minutes each. Um, It's fucking good. There's a couple things in it that are a little like off um, just in terms of the filmmaking. There's like a makeup thing in one episode that I just was like, how did you guys fuck that up? But whatever. Don't worry about it. That's just me being super critical. Um, But it's really well acted. It's got some fucking great gore in it. Um, It's just cool. It's fun. The guy who plays Dracula is fucking... It's good. At first, I didn't think he was... I I didn't think I was going to like him as Dracula. As the Count. But he's cool. (laughs) And they're kind of... It's a different take on the sort of Van Helsing character which is fun and it's filmed quite well. There's some cool, weird, just, just imagery in it. Um, it's cool. Cool. That's, yeah. That, I actually forgot about that. I yeah. had watched the first two episodes thinking that it was a longer series and then I had fallen off. I just like got distracted and forgot about it. So I was like, you know, a week ago or something. I was like, Oh shit, I should get back into that show and watch the third episode and was all like primed for another episode. And I was like, Oh that's that's the end of the season. Shit. That probably means it's British. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, it very much has that, Um, you know, like Sherlock has that sort of same format. I, to- I totally forgot about it, actually. Like, that's a good reminder. Good, good recommendation. It's cool. It's uh, worth checking out. It's yeah. Cool. Well, should we find out what we're watching next week? Yeah. Let's see. Ugh. Wait, where's the hat? Oh, here it is. Oh, hang on. Stuff's falling. <laughs> okay, here we go. I'm so I feel so honored to get to continue to pull. Can we work together on it? Can I say stop? Oh yeah. Good idea. <laughs> okay, I'm okay. just feeling I'm feeling. Tell me when. Stop. Do I just have one here? Oh yeah. Did I drop any? No. Okay, here we go. So let me show it to you. <laughs> I'm like, what? Lyle, 2014. Lyle. I wonder if Lyle. it's about a guy named Lyle. It better. <laughs> cool. No clue what that's about. I know, me too. Two in a row where I like really am in the dark about. Funny. I'm like trying... Cause like I think I always forget. Like, did I add it? Did you? I don't add know. It? I don't remember if I added that or if you did. Cause what I'll do is just be like, um, yeah, no, I'm just be looking at some list or just looking at yeah. some recommendation. Oh, okay, I'll just look to add Lyle. Okay, <laughs> and forget forget what it is. Um, well, hopefully it's not hard to find. 
Great. Well, to wrap up too, we wanted, I, I just wanted to say uh, user on Reddit horror sphere. Thank you very much for participating and giving us your suggestion. We uh, welcome and hope another one. And uh, if you're listening and if you're not listening, if you're not, if you're not them, if you're not user horrorosphere, please, our lines are open. You can recommend, <laughs> recommend or submit as we put something, as we put it. Yeah. A film for us to watch. And you can find us and do that at dismembering horror is our Instagram. You could um, Gmail us. Gmail us, dismemberinghorror <laughs> at gmail.com. You could go and to our website can, too. Yeah. Do, do you know what? Our website will take you to all those places. Oh, dismembering that's true. Yeah. Dismemberinghorror.com. It's got everything there. Yep. And we ask if you enjoyed our show, consider, please, please tell a friend that a like-minded friend looking for we're looking for horror friends themselves to look at our lengthy library of films and be like, you know what? I'm going to watch that and then digest it mm. with Tim and Ryan. Mm. Slow digestion. Exactly. Like a good well, casein protein, you know? <laughs> yes. Uh, <laughs> what? Um, anyway, in closing, until Lyle, thanks for listening. And we will see you next time. Goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs> Ha, <laughs> ha,